Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Escape the Game. This is the off week, and my name is Steven. My name is Charles. And so this is this is something we didn't announce that we were going to do, but now we're announcing it. Um, so it's going to be an on one week, off the next. And uh, so the games will be every other week. And then every other week, we'll come on and just talk about life. All right, so basically, we're just going to talk about the news that's transpired in the last couple of weeks since we last talked about the news. And uh, this allows us to choose stories that don't kill our spirit and to fill enough material for a show. I mean, God damn, some funny stuff has happened, but um, at the same time, it it also means that we we don't get too overworked by the, by the game show construction either. So we're just going to call this one B episode one B of uh of escape the game like that like that or maybe uh, maybe those will be escape the game and these will be from poop city i don't know yeah we can that's a little too high concept i think <laughs> well here's a story that i've just now seen um okay there's a this is in india a guy named Sumit okay. Shah, who is a 31-year-old CEO of an e-commerce platform, fired sure. the vast majority of the humans in his customer service team and replaced them with ChatGPT. And now uh, he's roasting his former human workers, saying the bot does a much better job than they did at a fraction of the price. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to be saying that for a little while, but... It's this 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 joy he has is not going to last. Well, he said, "Did you hear what uh, Microsoft's Bing AI is letting people do?" Oh God, no! Like people are finding ways to like bypass the the safeguards that people are 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 that that these companies are implementing in AI. They're trying to make sure that people aren't creating things that are offensive. Or, but uh, (laughs) I just saw a headline today. That some some fine folks have uh, used Microsoft's Bing AI to put the Nintendo character Kirby at the scene on 9-11. That's funny. Never forget. <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense if you think about it. I mean, in fact, in my memory, I think now that that's exactly how that went down. Now, you think Kirby inhaled the the planes and then spit them back out he well he flies around he swallows things mm-hmm. i mean that's how i remember it it's okay. like it, it wasn't it wasn't clouds it was kirby and he was he was shooting planes at people and do you, you think know, do you, i mean i know <laughs> i know it was a while ago do you think it's still maybe too soon to joke about 9-11? No, because I remember so I remember when Elon first took over Twitter and someone was like, alert, a second Tesla has crashed into the World Trade Center. I couldn't stop laughing at that. That's extremely funny. It well, was super funny, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, think about this. Now, were there any Nintendo executives? Killed in the Twin Towers on 9-11. No. I don't know. Does that... Well, I mean, what does that suggest to you? I'm just saying, follow the thread. Qui bono, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know for a fact that that's the case. There there could have been Nintendo executives on, on one of those planes, too. It could have been. I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Not. Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and ask Google real quick. Okay. Hey Google, were any Nintendo executives killed on 9/11? No, but unfortunately, uh, beloved president and CEO of Nintendo Satoru Iwata has passed away. Okay, well, that's, I guess, news that we can't really use. But um, oh well, never mind. This was <laughs> this happened eight years ago. So okay. have, uh-huh. have you noticed how good Google is now at answering relatively straightforward queries? I, I've like, noticed that Google in general has taken a, a, a 
pretty big dive in terms of how useful it is. Yeah, I um, I actually read a really interesting article about this um, to the effect that basically what is happening is when you search something, then Google on the back end um, couples your search terms with the names of advertisers that have paid to be boosted on the service. Mm-hmm. So... You, it's not actually showing you the results of the things that you are looking for, not even just in the sponsored links, but like in your actual search links. It's it's just purely for commerce now. Yeah, I mean, it kind of feels like it's definitely gone that direction. I I mean, I remember how effective Google was back when they first started. And it honestly hasn't been that good for probably 10 years. Like, and it hasn't been good at all in any sense of the word for at least five. It's been a, it's been kind of bad. I haven't yeah, found no, a, a search engine that's, that's as effective. So that kind of sucks, but it's definitely not as effective as it used to be. Because I used to be able to find what I was looking for very quickly, and that just doesn't exist on that on that search engine anymore. Well, you know what people are doing now, and this was brought to my attention today too. Instead of Googling things, because that doesn't work anymore, and you're certainly uh-huh. not, not going to Bing something. Um, Unless you're a participant in Escape the Game. Yeah, I mean, you might being something if you needed to score a point right for example sure but um people are going into forums like reddit forums and they're asking questions um instead of actually instead of searching the forum to see if somebody might have already answered the question they're just posting the question and then hoping somebody will answer it for the hundredth time or you know they'll wade through whatever kind of answers that they get if they get any. So we need to re-educate the populace about searching for things that have already been answered. Cause that's really fucking annoying. Yeah. I mean, well, and this is the thing, like I'm not going to fully go old man, right? Right yet. I mean, I will at some point this evening, but um, you know, there's this idea that young people know how to use computers and that they're, conversant with technology in the way that older people aren't but young people don't know how to use computers at all well young people aren't on reddit young people are on tiktok that's true and maybe maybe this is a thing that's happening in other platforms as well because i don't know nothing yeah i i think i think reddit's probably home to all the luddites at this point i don't know do i I think there's probably still some young people on reddit maybe a couple but uh, Reddit kind of lost a lot of the the younger crowd when they when they started to go a little more conservative, and like it's not to say that they tamped they tempered a lot of that down. But there were some, like some rampant, really gross things happening on on Reddit in terms of like ex girlfriends na- nudes being exposed and stuff like that. So yeah, a lot of people left. When that all was going down, that's when I went, I went to imager and I just, that was my social network for a while. And I just hang out in the, in the memes channel and, and, and lurk in the comments. Speaking of people, uh, leaving, <clears throat> sorry, my yeah. voice is so, not great. Today. So um, yeah, to, to intro this bit of news, I have something I would like to say. Mm-hmm. And that is, it is, it is fitting. That on October 3rd, Mean Girls Day, the House of Representatives was like, stop trying to make Kevin McCarthy happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. For that man to go through like 16 votes to get put in, in, in the speaker's chair to begin with. Only to have it like ripped out of his little grasping fingers a few months later. Oh my God. It's so funny. I did not expect it to go that way this week. 
Yeah, we were talking about that. Neither of us thought that Gates had the had the votes. I I knew that the Democrats were probably going to go with him. I just didn't think they had enough Republican votes. Well, and I was really surprised to see that they had more than enough. Because yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna you know be Nate Silver and pretend that I have things all planned out and then watch them blow up in my face like a moron like he does all the time. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it seemed to me that he maybe had four Republican votes. Maybe, maybe. I thought, oh, maybe. If everybody shows up who's got to show up to vote to get rid of McCarthy, maybe. But he, he got eight votes. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were right. there were a few, like if you, if you look at the breakdown, get real granular with it, there were some people that were expected to either abstain or just not be present Mm-hmm. or that would have voted with the majority of the Republicans, there were there were some surprises in there. Oh, I, yeah. I, I was going to say, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, who they who they put in the Speaker's chair moving forward, or who they, who they nominate, how many votes it takes for them to get into place, and just what they manage to do once they're in position. Because here's the thing, where they're at, they're already losing the next election based on what has transpired. They put someone in there who is obstructionist. It's not going to win them any points with the American people. It's not. Well, it's, I, I, I just don't see that happening. It's hard to say who actually benefits from any of this because both parties are so feckless and unable well, to do anything productive. Um, like I don't, you know, the Democrats are not going to be able to capitalize on this disarray. That is true. The, but 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 it's 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 insane how bad a job the Democrats have done. That that they are still sort of leading the way a little bit because, my God, they've been so terrible. This should be the, the Republicans should easily have almost everything that's open in hand based on how bad the Democrats have performed. Oh yeah. But the Republicans are actually maybe doing slightly worse. I mean, it really is right. It really is a race to the bottom. We're playing biggest loser here. And, um, you know, it's whatever happens. We know that however bad it gets, Mm -hmm. uh, nobody is actually going to benefit from it. Right. (laughs) The, right. the politicians, they can't figure out how to benefit from it. Um, the American people obviously will not benefit from it. Sure. So, but it is extremely funny. Yeah. And so, so there is some benefit to that. That's what I was, that I, I had texted uh, Charles yesterday to say, uh, Kevin McCarthy has proven himself the most effective speaker in the history of the house by virtue of actually being useful for one thing. And that's amusement. I saw a report that Lauren Boebert, uh, apparently every time she opens her mouth in public, she says at least one word that can be tied back to the Beetlejuice incident. Oh, really? Such as? I'm not here for the political show, the political theater. Um, (laughs) That's kind of fun. I like that. She's like, listen, the American people elected me to do a job, a hand job. Right. At one point, she (laughs) she tweeted something and just included one word, which was joy, and that got a reaction. At one point, she mentioned encounters at the southern border. That's funny. But so far, um, the the political theater has gotten the biggest laugh. I think the headline that, that that this came from was Lauren Boebert's ability to accidentally remind everyone of her Beetlejuice groping scandal is getting out of hand and getting out of hand is a very, very funny way to phrase that. Well, and that's one of those great moments where you're like, listen, we're going to have a little fun with this headline. Right, right. Everybody's going to enjoy it, but we're going to have plausible deniability. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I did want to point out, cause I just found this out a few minutes ago. You remember how, Drew Barrymore. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I heard about this. I heard about this. This makes me so happy. 
Okay, so yeah, yeah. Tell 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 our listeners. All right. So what what happened was you might remember during the Writers Guild strike that just ended, mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore, so full of self importance, mm-hmm. decided that the world needed her so much that she was gonna bring her show back on the air without writers because her writers were on strike. Right. And she didn't do this for the reason that Conan did it. So when Conan did that, it was to show, yeah, this show sucks without writers. Right. He did it specifically to be like, oh yeah, you can't just, you know, sit at your desk and, and kvetch or whatever. Right. This is a show that has to be created. What Drew Barrymore was doing was, well, we don't, actually need the writers and what we're doing is too important or what I'm doing is too important. Right. Well, and that's, she was doing Conan's thing, but not as a bit like sincerely. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) so she had three writers on staff and now that the strike is over, uh, writers are going back to work for the most part, but Mm -hmm. not at the Drew Barrymore show because her three writers have declined yep. to return. Yep. They were asked back. They were, they were made offers and they were like, no thanks. And you know what? We love to see it. Mm-hmm. We absolutely love to see it because if you are a strike breaker, if you're going to cross the picket line, if you're going to scab, fuck right. you burn in hell. Absolutely. Like, My favorite thing about this is that thanks to the, some of the terms of the new, Writers Guild Agreement, those writers are still going to get credit for any reruns of those episodes that they have already written for. So they're still going to get paid. I fucking love that. I love that. Yep, and that's exactly it. That's exactly it. The fucking residuals. That's what it was all about. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's going good. Speaking of uh, labor actions, you probably heard that uh, three quarters of a million uh, Kaiser employees are on strike. Good. Yeah. Yeah. The well, because the healthcare—I mean, who gets fucked more than the healthcare industry? Apart from oh, really the consumers like, of the healthcare industry, I am surprised we don't have more unions in healthcare, and I'm surprised we haven't seen a lot more striking from healthcare, especially in the in the you know, post post COVID world, which we're not really post COVID. It's it's never going to stop. Mm-hmm. We're never going to be past it, but you know what I mean, right? Well, and yeah, you you would think that all this bullshit of the last few years would have reoriented our society's values. And honestly, I think it's starting to. Because yeah. you know, you look at you look at all these labor actions, like this is a good start. I mean Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of um well, I don't really have a segue for this, but this is uh terrible and by god do i hate the biden administration all right so they're they are continuing to uh build trump's border wall um because of, of well no they have been this whole time um why why on earth would because they because they like it like well and this is the thing <laughs> that i'm always saying I about the two different parties fucking- I fucking hate these milk toast liberals. But like, if you're going to stand up for something like fucking do the thing you say you're going to fucking do at least. Well, and this is why I understand why people vote Republican, because when Republicans say they're going to do something, they do at least try, you know, and yeah, I mean, I mean, the things that they want to do just happen to be all evil. Right. So I'll never vote for them. It's but evil, like yeah, you can't support it. But and I'm least, not gonna, I'm not gonna be suckered into thinking that's a lesser evil. Evil, like I'm not Clarence Thomas. Right? No, no, no. Absolutely. There's, there's no reason to support any of this. But the reason I bring it up, um, Biden's efforts to uh, continue the construction of the border wall, um, they've announced that for the first time. They are going to waive environmental, public health, and cultural resource protection laws to fast track the construction of the border wall in Texas because it goes through a wildlife refuge that protects endangered animals. And so the administration has just said, 
no, listen, Trump's wall is too important. <laughs> we, we have to do this, so we have to ignore every existing law to make oh it happen. Oh, my God. So this is, this is the guy. Honestly, if, if Trump really wants to win in 2024, and I think he's got a shot, indictments or no indictments, felonies or no felonies. Mm-hmm. But listen, I have an idea. This is a big brain idea, and I want you, I don't, don't discount it immediately. Really think about it with me. Take a walk through my mind palace and chew on it. Your mind palace, yes. All right, let, let, lay it on me, Mayor Pete. Trump should ask Biden to be his vice president. Oh, that's fucking brilliant. Right? Listen, that everybody gets what they want. You know, both parties get to pursue the exact same agenda, but everybody gets to feel like their guy is the guy. Mm -hmm. Or they could even be co-presidents. Yeah, co-presidents. There you go. You could be, Trump could be the co-president for, you know, guys that like NASCAR and Biden can be the president for, you know, guys that still have pussy hats in their closet. You know, given that, that Trump kind of set the record for days on vacation, uh, maybe maybe on on the on those times when he's like chilling down at Mar-a-Lago, that's when Biden's the president. Right. Now and, you know what? Effectively, it's the same situation that we're in now. The tough part is gonna be coordinating Trump's days at Mar-a-Lago with Joe's days of lucidity. Right. And, you know, Trump's going to have to, uh, Trump's going to have to come back before the sun goes down because Joe gets harder to manage in the nighttime. There's been some pretty funny news about Trump this, this last week. Oh my, it's been killing me. I love it so much. (laughs) Why don't you talk about, um, why don't you talk about the kind of trial that Trump is going to be heading into and oh, why? Yeah, this is a real good one. So um, as uh, many astute observers of the legal scene know, uh, you do have the right to a trial by jury, mm-hmm. um, which you can waive. Um, but you also do have to uh, ask for the trial by jury. Um, and in this particular case, there was a form that needed to be filled out and submitted to the court to uh, request a jury trial, purely a formality, of course. Um, of course. But Trump's people didn't do it because they're not trial lawyers. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, so the judge, the judge is like, okay, so I, I'm going to be deciding the facts of this case as well, uh, because there was no request for a jury trial to which they all said, well, oops, Mm-hmm. So Trump has got the best lawyers still willing to work for Donald Trump. Right. And that's, you see what that looks like. Well, and he's now under a gag order cause he badmouthed them. Rightfully he badmouthed them. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no winners in this case. There's no good guys. It's just buffoons and assholes. One yeah. thing I, this is, this is a little detail. Um, that I saw the other day that was extremely funny. One of the lawyers on Trump's team came into court with like a multiple thousand dollar gaming laptop um, as her, as her uh, work computer for court. And the (laughs) RBG keys were flashing uh, so brightly that they were distracting people in the gallery. (laughs) Because (laughs) what she had done was she's like, I'm on this. I can bill all this shit to Donald Trump. I'm going right. to buy the most expensive laptop I can find. <laughs> I'm going to buy something that can run on max settings for whatever the newest, the the newest FPS draining shooter, whatever. Right. Like she she's probably playing Starfield in court. Right. <laughs> and uh, you know I don't blame her because that's what I did. I spent more time on Starfield today than any other single activity, actually. But she's got, she's got. I'm sure the rainbow lighting. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Because you know, game gaming PCs they have a look. Oh no, and and it is absolutely a gaming PC. Like, because it, it's not like she bought a high end laptop that happened to be capable of playing video games. This is a gaming laptop. 
Right. This is this fucking looks like a Mountain Dew. It, <laughs> right. Well, I mean that that is how you describe a gaming laptop. Right. That like looks, everything, everything out of the Alienware factory <laughs> right, looks like exactly. a Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, no, and, and she's, you know, she's going for it. Like I would not be surprised if uh, they pan over to her at some point in the trial, and she's got a headset on, and mm-hmm. she's she's screaming into it, <laughs> you know, and, she, and she's like, "No, my KD ratios, fuck this stupid trial is. <laughs> mm, God, I wish this judge would shut up." she's stuff she's uh she's feeling the call of duty and it's not for justice it's for kills yep yep greetings gentle listeners if you enjoy this podcast you may also like brose a murphy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you the audience about current events pop culture and which muppet you should get tattooed on your back Subscribe to Brose wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brose, the podcast for those who drink rosé. I do have one other thing I wanted to talk about, which... <clears throat> so, I mean, it's been a long time since I watched the IT crowd. Have you ever seen it? Um, I've seen the original British version a little bit, and then I saw the pilot for the American one, and I was like, well, this sucks balls. Yeah, the the American version really sucked. But anyway, there were there there was an episode in there that was like kind of notably transphobic. Uh-huh. There was a little bit of like kind of misogynistic stuff and it, like this all was put together earlier in the 2000s when things were uh, when there was a little more flexibility in terms of like cancel cancellation still kind of happened, but it wasn't like quite as quick or as rabid as it is now, which is not to say that that's a bad thing. It's a good thing that we're keeping people in check. It is in my opinion, Mm -hmm. but he kind of started to double down on his bigotry against trans people. And, uh, I guess he, he, he's planning on suing Apple TV for branding him a bigot despite the fact that he's been like an anti-transgender activist, basically he's, he's likened puberty blockers to Nazi eugenics. Yeah. He's a, he's a dumb asshole. And you know, these guys, the courts are sort of their last refuge because culturally they are losing. Right. I mean, it can be hard to see sometimes because they are so loud and because they do, have the ear of the mainstream media, but well, and you look at what happened with Dax Shepard, man. He, he brought, you know, who Jonathan Van Ness is. I do. And I heard the, the whole thing. Tell the story though. Yeah. He brought John, Jonathan Van Ness on his show. And I don't know if you, Dax was just trying to play devil's advocate or what, but he almost came at him too hard there with these same sorts of the same sort of like regurgitated bullshit. That that is really just ripped right out of Fox News and whatever the latest moral outrage is over something that shouldn't really be all that outrageous. And uh, and it it kind of it kind of triggered JVN, and he had a he had a hard time dealing with it because he he wasn't you know dealing with some some rough memories of his own sort of trans non-binary nature, uh-huh. you know, and and what happened when he came out. And so, like, there were feelings that that were triggered in that, and uh, and Dex still hasn't said anything about what transpired. And well, this is Mister Kristen Bell. You know, I got. I'm not going to get catty about celebrities because who gives a shit? But right. um, I always had a feeling that those two were assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to take a side because obviously it's just Dax was being ignorant and being an asshole Mm -hmm. and sounded like a bad time for Jonathan Van Ness, who I find deeply annoying. I've tried to listen to his podcast a couple of times now. Don't care for it. It's like 
the way that I feel about his podcast is the way that the rest of the world feels about this podcast. <laughs> right. And, um, but you know, I, I see where he's coming from a lot more. Yeah. I, I mean, I love JVN. They, JVN is a beautiful person. They, they, they do a lot of good for, for everyone, everyone on the spectrum of gender. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, JVN's pronouns are he, she, and they. Just like me. Well, the the more our society, you know, gets into the nuances of gender and, and kind of gets into the weeds of it, like, mm-hmm. ultimately, I feel like it's going to be productive. But we're, we're definitely still at the stage where some people are are getting it right away. Some people are way behind. Some mm-hmm. people are very much off doing their own shit. Like, um, you know, I see stuff on TikTok sometimes that doesn't make a damn lick of sense to me. Because yeah, I see a, a fair amount of that too. But I see some stuff that's really freaking great on TikTok too. Yeah, I mean, well, and that, but that's the thing is like culture is always, you know, evolving and and uh, mutating and. Uh, it's there's there's always some some shit going on because that's what it means to say that these things are socially constructed is we're socially constructing them right now. Yeah, we're deciding what they are and how we feel about them and and how we're going to treat each other and that's just being in a society. Sure. Did I ever tell you about one of my favorite Reddit's as we were talking about Reddit the other uh, you know a few minutes ago? What's that? It's called I didn't have eggs. And uh-huh. what what it is is it's um people leaving bad reviews for recipes that they found online but then did badly. Um so for example, um I'm trying to I'm trying to find a good one that'll show you what the thing is about. So people like basically who are making their own substitutions, yes, and then and people, then like f- flaming, flaming the original recipe in the comments or whatever. Right, like for example, here's this will trigger you with your Italian food snobbery. Okay, <laughs> this is a review from Kathy. Uh, Apparently for someone called Rachel. Hi, Rachel. I can't eat. This is for a meatball recipe. Authentic Italian meatballs. Mm -hmm. Hi, Rachel. I can't eat spicy foods, so I changed the chili flakes to sweet chili sauce, an ingredient I always have in the fridge. I also added a small tin of crushed pineapple. Yum. What? Like, (laughs) cool. (laughs) But what does that have to do with anything? Wait a minute. (laughs) Okay, so if... If you don't want the spice, the chili spice, just leave chili out of the equation entirely. You don't add a sweet ingredient. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Here's another one. You don't put you don't put crushed pineapple in meatballs? What the fuck? I I love the idea of just adding a wet fibrous ingredient in meatballs. <laughs> A wet, fibrous, souring ingredient. I love that idea. I want that right now. Speaking of which, I, I, I had a, I made a gluten-free meatloaf, a gluten-free, uh, meat-free meatloaf the other night that used the lentils as the primary ingredient. And it was fucking amazing. It was so good. Ooh. Okay. I might try that. I could see that working. And texturally, I, it was pretty close. It was better than, certainly better than anything I've tasted made of Beyond Meat. I do have a great big bag of lentils. That's worth a shot. Yeah, I find any more. Like, so uh, uh, Alyssa really likes tofu. I hate it. I cannot stand it. People say it tastes neutral. It tastes awful. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how long it's spent soaking in whatever you're trying to flavor it with. It tastes awful to me. You're tasting um, something that I think most of us can't taste because I, I'm yeah, in well, the neutral camp for sure. To me, the weirdest thing about tofu is the fact that it doesn't really have a strong flavor at all. 
Oh my god, it 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 I can taste it over every marinade. It really doesn't matter. It tastes nasty. Anyway, I like tempeh. She hates mm-hmm. it. Oh, in her it, case, is it the texture or? I, I think it might be a, a mix of the texture and and it has a stronger flavor. I think mm-hmm. than than tofu does, but it's a, it's a more neutral flavor to my taste buds. Yeah, I'm. I mean, to me, they're both neutral. To me, the thing that would be maybe objectionable about tempeh is that it really does have a sort of a a rubbery insulation type quality to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will say that tempeh has a better texture for me personally than tofu as well. It's got better chew. I will. Yeah. Well, right now in my fridge, this welcome to tofu talk. Um, (laughs) I've got, I've got uh, some super firm tofu, which is firmer than the extra firm. It's a little bit more meat like, um, you might like that one better because that's on the tofu spectrum. That's a little bit closer to tempeh. Uh-huh. But, okay. Uh huh. And I like that stuff, but it's usually more expensive than the extra firm. I usually cheap out and just get the extra firm. The extra firm is, you know, what you use for cooking 90% of the time. And I wouldn't even call it an acquired taste. Definitely an acquired texture. Yeah. Anymore, um, rather than using any of that. I'll just make something with beans of some variety or chickpeas. Um, I just. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just as nutritious. They've got all the same stuff that I'm looking for out of them. And then I'm not eating something that that doesn't taste good or doesn't feel good for me to to eat, you know? So. No, I'm totally with you. Well, and you can also do, you know, if you wanted the the beaniness of the soybean. You could mm-hmm. always go with an edamame or a murimake, you know, that kind of a sure, thing. Sure, sure. Just yeah. eating beans. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I've been mm-hmm. eating a lot of green peas lately, just kind of feeling them. Yeah, actually, uh, every day for lunch, I have a, a cup of peas mm-hmm. and a cup of broccoli every single day. Is that all you're having for lunch? No. No, I'm also, I'm also eating some... Uh, basically a protein bar. Okay, uh, good, good, good. Yeah, because I'm I'm after the fiber in both of those things plus the protein in the protein bar. Well, you know what's interesting about green peas? If you get if you get a a serving of green peas, which is I think a, a technical serving is like a third of a cup, but mm-hmm. um, but it's five grams of protein, five grams of fiber, five grams of carbs. Five, five, and five. So it's really easy to figure out the math for green peas and how they affect your macros. Nice. So I want to read you another uh, another recipe that. Uh, All right, All right yeah, please. I find delightful. Do it, do it. So this is this is a review left on a recipe for potato salad. Okay. <laughs> um, potato salad, not one of my favorite foods. You might like this one. This is not like any potato salad you've ever had. I can almost guarantee it because they substituted cubed butternut squash roasted in a mix of garam masala, turmeric, and curry, used goat cheese in place of feta, added chopped pistachios, substituted apple balsamic for the apple cider vinegar. So this is not, (laughs) this is not potato salad at all. This is a real, this is a real ship of Theseus recipe. There's nothing of the original recipe is in here. Um, I can tell you, I wouldn't like it because uh, a couple of the spices mentioned are not to my taste. I hate goat cheese. Can't stand it. Tastes sour to me. Uh, So yeah, that's, that's, that's not, that's not one I'm going to be able to eat. I mean, it is super sour. The thing about goat cheese, and I don't really eat any kind of cheese anymore, but I used to be a fan of various cheeses, but I had to prepare mentally for goat cheese because... Yeah, no amount of preparation is going to make that aftertaste worth it for me. It's goaty. Like, that's literally, that's the word for it, you know? And you got to you gotta be prepared for a goaty cheese. Like, if, if someone was going to make you a cheeseburger, you wouldn't make... Yeah, taste, taste a little goat there right at the end, like a little kid. Man, I was I was quoting the uh, the menu. Oh, oh, okay, all right. I was gonna I was gonna scold you for your use of a pun, but um, actually, 
since it was in the menu points mm-hmm. because yeah. we love the menu. We do. And uh, all of these recipes will be on the menu. Okay, this one's good. Uh, this is for a uh, this is for a rice recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have the peppercorn, so I used ground pepper. I skipped the cardamom. I skipped cilantro because I do not like it. I didn't have a metal bowl, so I cooked the rice on the stove. Skip the chili because I didn't have it and I can't handle too much spice. Just use chili powder. Lastly, instead of cooking the rice in the instant pot, I added the fenugreek leaves, sautéed for three minutes, and then added the garam masala and stirred just before serving. There was a lot of water afterwards. So maybe either use less water, sauté it for longer, or make a cornstarch slurry to thicken it. So instead of cooking rice in a pot... She cooked it on the stove. Didn't turn out quite the same. Like, it's, how did she cook it on the stove? I'm. It's unclear. <laughs> like, if she wasn't using a pot, because, like, I, I can use, like, a little saucepan, and I can make you perfect rice. You want to know the secret to saucepan, like, a perfect rice in a saucepan? Mm, tell me. Yeah, you, you, you use one half the amount of rice that you use water. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing like a half a cup of rice, it's one cup of water. If you're right. doing one cup of rice, it's two cups of water. Well, and that's how I do rice in a pot. Well, right. It's the same, it's the same basic thing. You, uh, you bring it to a boil, the rice and the water all at once. Then you drop it down to a simmer and cover it. And let it cook for about 17 minutes. Okay. And you pull it off, pull it off the heat, let it sit for about 10 minutes, fluff it, and it's perfect every time, every single time. Letting it sit and letting the water absorb back into the rice grain is Mm -hmm. a thing that nobody does. They think that it's just ready to eat right off the stove, but it is crucial. It's crucial with any grain. Right. Thank you for calling Grain Talk. Yes. <laughs> thanks, thanks, for, thanks for tuning in. Next week we'll be discussing barley. Man, we could have a discussion about barley. I think barley... I don't know. I, I, I barely know anything about the subject. That's, that's pretty good. I'll give you that one. Points for that. Yeah. One. Beer with me. There's going to be some more. Hey, you really hopped to it with that uh, beer pun there. Yeah, I do. I do. Ails well that ends well. Um, this is a funny story. Mm-hmm. So Apple has declared its $17,000 solid gold watch officially obsolete, ending repairs and servicing for the product. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 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 I, I gotta say, like, obviously, I'm not I'm not an Apple user. I don't care for their products or their whole vibe. Um, sure, but I do love how much they hate their consumers. Right, I love how much they hate their customers because it just tickles me every time. Well, particularly their wealthy customers, because it seems like there's been other incidents of things like this. I remember once, right around the time that the iPhone first became kind of a thing, there was an app that you could download on your iPhone that cost $10,000. And the app um, icon was an an image of like a red diamond. Mm -hmm. And all the app would do when you clicked on it is just say things like, I'm so rich. (laughs) I mean, that's genius. I love and that. So, yeah, it's really funny. Eventually, they they canceled. But I remember uh, Leo Laporte talking about that on his show for a long time. God, I wonder if any of the kids listening to our show know who Leo Laporte is. I don't know. I mean, to the extent that that we have listeners, we know most of them personally, and they're all roughly our age, right? Yeah, do, do you know who Leo Laporte is? I don't know that I do. 
Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me look up Leo Laporte and see if I do know who that is. He uh, he hails from a television station that that used to be a television channel that used to be on in my house all the time. Oh yeah. Okay. I've seen him, but I don't know that I've ever actually watched his shows. Yeah. So most people know it as Tech TV. Who are familiar with the channel? I know it going back to the days when it was ZD TV. Yeah, this uh, this was not one that I ever encountered in my youth. Mm-hmm. I do. It, it later remember. it later turned into what is now G four. Well, and uh, I remember G four being on TV, but that was not really my jam. Because mm-hmm. that was. You know, that was trying way too hard to make the internet happen. Well, and at the time that G4 started, like, most of the good programming was gone from Tech TV. Like, Tech TV was really, really good. Uh, for, for a computer user, Tech TV was fun, it was funny, it was informative. Well, I dimly remember this show called The Screensavers. Yeah, yeah, he was on the screensavers. But this would not be a show that I would watch. Like, to me, watching a show about computers, it would be like listening to a British person say skeletal. No, no, no. No, it's nowhere near that well, bad. Well, I mean, no, nothing could ever be that bad. Sure. But but, but it was it was good background noise when I was playing Roller Coaster ty- Tycoon or whatever. And I, you know. Yeah. I, I, I like tech as a, as a subject. I like learning about technologies as particularly new technologies. And I like hearing about solving computer problems and things like that. You know, I only really enjoy learning about technology when it's applied to food, I think. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like I'll get really excited about a new variety of pear, but, um, or if you were going to try and, uh, you know, sell me on like a new kind of immersion circulator that makes your beef cutlets even fancier or whatever. Sure. You know, some shit like that. But um, like computers, I don't get them. You can't eat them. So what are they good for? Uh, all kinds of things. Well. All I'm saying is we got to talking about rice and lentils and stuff, and I started to get hungry, and I'm here at this computer, and I got no rice and no lentils. I'm sorry. That's I'm okay. sorry. That's, that's not your fault, because I was doing it to myself, too, because I was looking at recipes. Do you want to hear another silly yeah, nice recipe? Yeah, throw another recipe at me. All right, let me uh, let me pull one up real quick. Ah, uh, here it is. This is this is one that I really like. And this this is a good place to end this segment because I feel like it's it's good-humored and funny. So this is comments on a recipe for a croque-monsieur, which, if you are aware of this, this is a classic French sandwich with... Uh, it's basically a grilled cheese with ham in it. Mm-hmm. And the person, the commenter says, I modified this using corned beef, sautéed onions, bell peppers, banana peppers, and mozzarella cheese. Legit wow. one of the best sandwiches I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it's so good. Cause he's yeah. he's just uh, you know, it's good that this was not on the cooking channel of a French chef, or they would have died. <laughs> well, but that's okay too. Like they can they can have their little freakouts. That's that's fine. It, it, any like it's just like how you enjoy getting a rise out of me over my Italian food snobbery. It's probably good for me to be challenged every now and then. Well, and just like you know, if I if I did meet like Jacques Pepin or or um, Ludo Lefebvre or some shit like that, I would mm-hmm. mess with them. I would be like, oh, yeah, you know, you know what makes French cooking even better? Have you guys ever heard of Velveeta? Right. <laughs> So the, there's there's an inner troll in both of us that is, it's hard to shut that down. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm not trying to drive anybody apoplectic with rage, but it's important to remember that 
99% of this stuff is just stuff we all made up and decided we were going to take seriously because it distracts us from the fact that one day we will either cease to exist or exist in a way that is currently unimaginable to us. Mm -hmm. You know, that's hard knowledge to live with. And as far as we know, we're the only animal species that does. So we got to come up with our distractions. Yeah. Well, I think we could probably got enough in the can for this week. Yeah, that, that feels like a good note to end on, right? Right. A little bit of uh, existential whimsy. Hey, why not? No law against it. And if there was, we wouldn't care because we're scofflaws. Yeah. And I enjoy that, like, this this version of our, our weeks off doesn't involve us having to call escapes. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just like, if something about... gets too heavy, we can just be like, let's change the subject. Yeah. We start to see our listeners increase. We start to see, um, some audience interactions and stuff. Who knows? Maybe we'll go weekly with the, the game show and do this as part of the Patreon or something. But, like, we're not in any rush to make that happen, so. Unless uh, unless unless we see a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. that that makes it worth it, I don't see any reason to, to worry about it. But anyway, we have enjoyed having you here. If you feel compelled to write us for any reason, we can be reached at escapethegamepodcast at gmail.com. Um. We'd love to thank our pals over at the Brose podcast and encourage you to give them a listen. And uh, until next time, this is Steven saying cheers. And this is Charles saying, you're so rich. Good night.